Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Second part of the week. This is Marco. Jake, back from vacation, was hoping that he wouldn't make it back and we would have that new co-host on the pod. It's been tight. We've only had a few days. I did get a few uh, applications in, so I'm reviewing those now for those of you that are interested in being on the pod. We haven't forgot about you. This week, mid-priced madness pod. Like I said, second pod of the week. We'll be doing the third one later this week. It's crazy. Lots of recording. Lots of stuff going on in the FPL world. Jake, how are you, buddy? I'm hanging in there. Vacation took a lot out of me, and you know, like you said, it's hard to come back from middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. You never know what can happen there, so... Yeah, I was really hoping like an animal of some type would devour your body. Yeah, that's what I was worried about too. It was great when I got back into LA, like <clears throat> just like the people, uh, the honking and everything. I was like, ah, I'm back home, you know? Feels Yeah, Feels that sounds terrible actually. But uh, all right, well, we're happy to have you uh, back home and comfortable. Uh, this week, like I said, we're covering mid-priced players. Uh, we've got a lot to cover, so I think we should get right into it. Um, first, we've got a couple questions from people, uh, some things that people wrote in. Um, so, so let's get into it. Uh, starter question we got from uh, Twitter at Juice World, and Juice World and I have been chatting back and forth quite a bit on Twitter lately. Uh, he's got a lot of really good, thoughtful ideas, but I thought this was kind of an interesting one that I've not heard from other people yet. Uh, and you tend to hear about everything if you're involved with FPL Twitter. So let me read this to you. He said. Uh, thoughts on using the bench boost in the first game week to maximize the value you get from it. Uh, Stecklenburg at 4.0 will, will likely start. Wan-Bissaka will start for 4.0, and the same uh, with Bednarik most likely, also 4.0. Masuaku at just 4.5 started the many games for West Ham last season, so he will also play just like Quaker at 4.52. So I know there was a lot there, but basically what Juice World is saying, Jake, and I want to get your thoughts is that there's all these like low-priced players that are going to slide into starting spots to start the season, or at least he's quite confident that they will, and I mostly agree with him on those as well. So why not capitalize on the surprise factor? Because really, when you're playing your chips, you're playing them as a differential. You're trying to gain an upper hand on other players. So he's highlighted specifically super low-cost players so that he could put money elsewhere. What do you think about it? It's interesting, and I'm not going to lie, over the last three days, I was like <clears throat> strongly considering bench boosting as well, because last year I don't feel like I ever had like a good week to bench boost with injuries and like cautions and just like not good matchups. I feel like when I'm building my team right now, you know, my first week I'm like, oh, my team looks perfect, even though that's rarely how it actually ends up being that way. I I don't know. I think that holding on to the chip is probably the right move in the end. But if you can field a team of, you know, all 15 guys and you know they're all going to play and they they are all going to have bad matchups, it's not completely wrong. I just don't know if, like, those players are necessarily the way to do it. Yeah, I guess the way I was reading it was like, all right, I've got all these super low-cost players that I can bring in and I know are going to play. So I can maximize budget elsewhere and have a bunch of other good players and also get 
those kind of surprise, if you will, bench boost points. I, I don't like for me, I'm way conservative when I play. Um, I know that sometimes that's to a fault and it probably means that I'm just going to forever in my career of FPL sit kind of in the middle, but this is an interesting, aggressive, like early strategy that I had not heard other people talk about before. But then you're going to have to wild card like immediately, right? Because those, I don't know, I just wouldn't want, uh, besides like maybe Juan Basaka, like I wouldn't really want any of those other players on my team long term. Yeah, but so I think the idea is that you probably are going to early wild card out of that then, like game week three, four, or five. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah. Okay. Not unreasonable. Any- yeah, anyways. Uh, okay, so next thing. Um Let's see, we've got an email right in from a buddy of ours, Jason. He wrote in last pod as well and uh, gave us a bunch of good ideas just about things we had kind of talked about in our uh, 10 tips pod. Um, so I'm just going to pull that email up right now. Um, Jason talked about a lot of good stuff again. This guy's like a pretty serious writer. He is really thoughtful. He's been sending me links. Uh, I actually asked him if he'd be interested in maybe like doing some writing and articles for us. Um, uh, so... Just so everybody knows, shout out to Jason. Uh, but one thing that I thought was really interesting uh, was in the last pod, we talked a little bit about how many points is like 1 million worth in the game. So like how many points should you be getting? Um, let's see. So he looked at um, the VAPN metric, the value added per million. And he says it deducts the two points per match, which players get uh, just for playing the 60 minutes. I know that like fantasy football scout has talked about that. Who got the assist has talked about that. Um, so I've been reading some of those articles. He said that that's a really good place to start. Um, he also pulled up some spreadsheets and like made some suggestions. Now I don't know if I'm really reading it right, but I'm just going to read what he says to us. If you look at the spreadsheet, uh, you can find a few cases where players have the same vamp and number of matches played, but different prices and points totals. For example, KDB and Erickson, William and Moy. By eyeballing it, it seems that, assuming the players in question play in every game and acknowledging that all points earned uh, data is backward looking, players priced 0.5 apart will score about 11 points apart at the end of the year. And so his estimate is that 1 million is worth about 19 points on like the whole season, not average points per week. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I don't know like exactly how accurate it is. I haven't actually had time to like really look into it, but kind of cool that somebody actually took the time to look into it. Yeah, that's actually really cool. And I feel like that could be very useful. It's hard um, because of how, how much changes week to week. But <clears throat> if you could find a way to average it over the course of the season, I feel like that's very useful information for fantasy owners. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to talk with Jay a little bit more about it, and hopefully we'll get an article. He'll he'll agree to do that. We can get an article up and um, kind of explore that thought a little bit more. And as I said, again, maybe we'll get our boy Nick on it as well. Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, let's get into some mid-price player stuff. Um, I'm having, like, I don't know if you are, I'm having, like, legit anxiety about the season. I'm right now I'm just struggling because I'm like I need to know more because I feel like I just keep rotating through different ways and a few players have stayed in my side and my tinker teams but yeah it's just like I I want to know more and I don't know if by the next what I mean nine days I will but hopefully I feel like 
I feel like I will have more pieces put together soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Are you drinking right now or no? Yeah, but not alcohol. So uh, That's how I deal with my FPL anxiety. That's a good way. I mean, I feel like it helps if if you balance it, you're going to make better decisions. So Right. Like one bottle of closet wine a night. Yeah, exactly. My, we're staying at this, uh, this bed and breakfast right now uh, as we transition cities here. And the inn owners, who we love very much, uh, they don't like food or drink in the bedroom. So my wife has been stashing wine in the closet, uh, and we now refer to it as closet wine. Nice. Nice, yeah. (laughs) I figure she's one step away from being like an alcoholic. Pretty soon she'll have purse wine. That's not good. Yeah, like top dresser wine and (laughs) stuff like that. Right, like dashboard in your car wine. Yeah, glove compartment. (laughs) Oh, God. So. She's take, She's actually pouring some right now. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's get into mid-price players. Um, there are a lot of players that fall into this mid-price zone. We are saying that goalkeepers at 5.0, defenders at 5 to 5.5, mids at 6.5 to 8, and then forwards at 7 to 8.5. That's how we're going to define our mid-price players. Uh, Jake, big question. How many mid-price players should you have in your team? Uh, I mean, it's it depends. I think that we always, I always personally get very excited about mid price players and think that every single one I pick is going to work out, and then like <laughs> none of them do. Um, so I just think, like your whole life, just like my whole life, yeah. So I mean, I think that defensively, you're going to need to have one or two. Um, and then in the midfield, you're for sure going to need to have two as well. Um, and then it kind of depends this year on how you want to play the forward route. Um, for me, I like the mid-priced forwards right now, so um, I'm not going to go super aggressive with my top line to start, I think. Um, that could change within the upcoming days. So I, I'm going to have like five or six mid-priced guys, but I think – Mid-priced is different in the midfield, in the forward to midfield to defense section. Very much yeah, so. for sure. I think you expect more out of your mid-priced defenders. Do you agree? Y- yes, and I think they're going to give you more, but they're also not. They don't have as high of a ceiling as yeah. like some of those mid-priced midfielders do. But to you know, like to hit on a guy like Sala or Gross last year it's going to be hard. Um, but there's people who do it. And if you don't do it, you have to be prepared to bring that player in sooner rather than later. Yeah. So I think that that kind of gets us right into the next big question. Like what do we really expect from those mid price players? And for me, I'm looking at players that have really high potential ceilings. Um, my, I know that some managers flip flop this, but my idea with my premium players is those are kind of my steady eddies. They're the guys that are going to get points week in and week out. Uh, my, my mid-priced, especially my mid-priced midfielders, I'm looking for guys that can potentially get tons of points. I'm thinking like a couple years ago, Mahrez, last year, Grab, Milo, even Goodmanson, like players that for their cost, uh, well, Milo was a, and Goodmanson were almost like budget players last year. They went to even fall into these categories, but, but for their, their cost, I'm, I have a very high amount of points for them. 
Yeah, and I, I think, like, again, no one at the beginning of last year was like, oh, I'm going to start with Milo on my team. He's going to do really well and take a bunch of penalty kicks and score me a bunch of points. But throughout the year, there's ups and downs as well. Like, Mares was a great player to have it in the beginning of the year. I had him at that time, and then there was, like, periods where he just did nothing. Right. So you're going to have to be fluid with your mid-priced players throughout the year, and I think... Um, especially when you stay, if you're not getting mid-priced players from the top six sides, you're going to have to base it off of fixtures, and I think that's something you can't forget. So, Yeah, barring injury, I want to keep my premium guys in my team most of the season, uh, whereas my my mid-priced guys, I like to try to kind of rotate them, play a little bit, bit of roulette with those guys. I'm trying to seek out that next big guy that's going to get me huge point hauls. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so who are your favorites? Like, if you were just going to pick three guys to start here, who would be your three favorite mids, uh, mid-price players, any position? Yeah, so, I mean, I think... Def- I'm not going to pick anybody from the defense because I think it's very rare for them to, like, really elevate and do extremely well. <clears throat> I guess I'll shout, I'll shout one guy... Uh, David Luiz for Chelsea is an interesting pick for me. He's been starting as a center back. Mm-hmm. Uh, started today against Arsenal. He looks solidified in that position. He's a good player. He can get attacking returns. Um, and he's five and a half. And Chelsea looked good to me today. And I think they've looked good before in preseason. And You're just- I like what? what you're just being the self-deprecating Arsenal fan right now. Like any team that plays Arsenal, you're like, oh, they're so good. They're the best <laughs> oh team I've ever seen play. Yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, Arsenal looked terrible. Maybe that's Chelsea's not that good, but I do like the manager change. I mean, let's not forget that when Conte came in, Chelsea won the league. So yeah. it's definitely doable. Um, and he's really good value. And I think he's more locked in at that position for the whole year than a guy like Bailly, who I also think is a good choice at that price. But Mm -hmm. I like Luis a little bit more. Granted, I have them both in my team right now. Um, And then midfield, I like like Kaita. He kind of goes against your assessment um, where I think he's actually more of like a, a... guy that's going to give you steady returns and you don't necessarily have to switch out all the time i i yeah i i think that's where more where he falls but liverpool have a great run of fixtures to start and i i think he's going to get attacking returns okay you waste one of your liverpool spots on him go for it i mean no 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 no. well who's your third player go ahead uh i think arnie right now yeah i think it's a good good pick I don't know that we have to like talk about that a lot. If you're following FPL, the dude's been crazy. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. All right, you uh, give me one one midfielder, just one. One that I like? Yeah, in the mid-price range. I like Pedro a lot right now. Okay. He's uh, also the, actually in my team right now. Yeah, the issue is Will I Am, uh, yeah. who apparently is stuck in Brazil because of passport issues, but also conveniently is being courted by Real Madrid uh, and is not with the team. So I don't really know. Sorry, is not happy about it. I just read a quote. Is it suspicious? Yes, I think it is. You know, I don't know how yeah. Italian guys talk. But yeah, he said something like that and is not not happy about it. So uh, it seems like he's already on bad, bad blood with the manager. But um, okay, let's uh, let's take a short little break ski here. And then when we come back, we'll do our 
super serial FPL questions, and we'll get into specific players. Deal? Deal. We are back. Jake just told me a story about doing cocaine and kicking dogs, so that's a good break story for y'all. Maybe I'll even share it with ya. Uh, we're into the super serial. I am super duper serial. FPL questions. Again, this section was uh, recommended by some friends of the pod. They just like to hear Jake stammer through weird questions. And then, of course, we will be getting into our actual selections for FPL players. Jake, I've been in kind of a fighting mood lately, so I've got a couple fighting questions about FPL players for you. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So first question, and I think that this is an important one. Uh, Obama Yang, who we call Obama Man because of the FIFA game, which Mm -hmm. that is what they call him basically in the game. How many eight-year-olds do you think that he could beat up before he's taken down? Oh my gosh. Are they just going to keep coming in waves like nonstop? I haven't decided. Like I kind of imagined the, like the fight scene in the matrix where Neo fights agent Smith. Have you seen like in the third one, you know, and he's like, he's got the, uh, he's got the metal pole. He's just like hitting them and knocking them back as they fly at him. Yeah. I kind of imagine it like that. How many do you think that he could take down? I mean, I think it would be pretty close to like infinite, but infinite shake. Yeah, like eight years old, like against a grown man. I how mean, many, Jesus, how many eight-year-olds do you think you could take down? <laughs> Probably like ten. You're so. like in negative numbers. Like two yeah, eight-year-olds would, an eight-year-old would come at you and like stub your toe and you drop to the ground. Yeah, maybe <clears throat> maybe like six. Maybe six? like I could get a few punches in, and that's about it. So. That's good. Then they would punch, kick you to death. Yeah, it'd be a beautiful scene. Yeah. Okay, who's the manager in the EPL that you think you could actually beat in a fight? Yeah, with the EPL, it makes it a little bit more challenging. I was thinking like... Why? Well, I was thinking like World Cup, that one manager for Uruguay that was like super old and like had a cane. I was like, I could take him. (laughs) Um, Some low-hanging fruit, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, got to make sure you win. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Picture this. This is also a fight for your wife. So yeah. if you lose, your wife leaves you and goes for to him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I could have said Wanger, but now he's gone too. You couldn't um, have beaten him. He has a long reach. He's very tall. Yeah, but he's old. He's you like couldn't get in. No, you, I'm telling you right now, you couldn't get in on him on a fight. Okay. Okay. He's got like a six nine reach. Um. Probably. Pellegrini for West Ham. Really? Yeah. Isn't Pellegrini a vampire? Yeah, but I think I could, you know, spray some holy water on him and, like, get, you know, like, get started. Like, and, you know, I think, I I just, I think I could beat him up. He's older again. Like, I don't know. I think I'd have a chance. I don't know, man. He looks just like a vampire to me, and I think that you would not have a chance. Who who would you say that? If you if you Google image him right now, do it right now. Okay. Pellegrini. Do Pellegrini West Ham. Everyone that's at home on their computer, do this. Okay, Pellegrini West Ham. Okay. You on Google Images? Yeah. Okay, scroll down to the third row of pictures. There's a giant meme that says why. Yeah. Look at that picture. Oh, tell God. me tell me you could beat him up. I think I could beat him up. 
That's the face of your nightmares, Jake. Look into yeah. his eyes. Look into his eyes right now. Yeah, I'm scared. Not a chance. Yeah. Uh, he is a good signing, though, for West Ham, I think. I think he's a good manager. I like him a lot. But yeah, I'll me. come back. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my research and I'm gonna pick my most likely win. Yeah. For for budget when we do our budgets. So yeah, that's fair. Okay. Uh, if you had to team up with one other FPL player to battle C- Peter Crouch, who I think is basically Slenderman, the <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who convinced uh, seven year old girls to stab their friend to death. Yeah, for our UK listeners, that happened. Okay, Slenderman convinced girls over here to stab their friend 27 times. The girl didn't die. It was good. Uh, who would you team up to battle Peter, Cr- Peter Crouch with? Casper uh, Schmeichel. Schmeichel, huh? Yeah. Why? Uh, I just think people from Denmark, like, they're, like, badasses, you know, and he's a big yeah. dude, and uh, he saved a lot of PKs. He's He's got to have, like, quick reactions, so. Okay. No, I think that's actually, it's a good pick. He, he might be at Chelsea, though. Does that change your... Is it different if he's at Chelsea instead no, of No, it's Leicester? not different. I still think okay. he'd help me against Peter Crouch. All right. Well, that's a great transition, then. Let's just get right into our, our mid-price goalkeepers. That's about four minutes of our life we'll never get back, but it was worth talking about. All right. For our goalkeepers, we're at 5.0. Uh, let's start with Schmeichel. Schmeichel, Leicester City... Started, I believe, today in the match. Today's uh, Wednesday, August 1st. Started it in the match uh, for Leicester. There have been rumors linking him with Chelsea, but apparently no move has been made. Uh, I kind of had him as like a placeholder in my team, assuming he was going to Chelsea. But it, I don't know. It doesn't sound like he's actually going there. Yeah, I feel like as the days pass, he's not going. If he does, I feel like, yes, I'm going to have him in my team. Well, obviously, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as well as like probably 80% of everyone else who plays FPL, but yeah, not at Leicester. I don't want him. So unless he faces a PK game, then maybe. Yeah. Actually, that's probably would make him more desirable almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the other goalkeepers in this bracket, um, we have two from Burnley, Pope and Heaton. Interestingly, um, Heaton has a bit of a knock right now. And unfortunately, Pope has gone down. He just had shoulder surgery, so he will be out for a long period of time. Uh, so neither of them are really options, uh, despite that Burnley defense being pretty strong. So I guess that brings us to the next guy, and that's Pickford over at Everton. Everton have a really, really good start to the season with their fixtures. I think their first like nine matches, they only have uh, one that is a four or higher in the difficult rating, and two... Um, that are threes. All the rest of their f- fixture difficult ratings uh, score at twos. Uh, so Pickford, interesting option. Don't have him in my team, but what do you think, Jake? I think if I'm going to, if you told me I had to start with a goalkeeper that's currently five mil um, to begin the season, he would be in my team in a heartbeat, and I don't think I would change that right now. Yeah. So I think that's uh, probably reasonable. I mean, I think that they're going to get shot on. He's going to make some saves. They'll, they're going to have to keep a couple of clean sheets. Everyone's like, ah, oh, Silva doesn't know how to coach like defense. It's like, well, he also had Watford. Like, come on. Like, Everton's players are a lot better. They're healthy. Like, they haven't looked good in preseason, but it's preseason. Like, I don't read a ton into it. And it's yeah. more been their, like, attack that's the problem. So, 
Yeah, I, don't know, I think that's it's... reasonable. I think like Leno would be interesting, but with the fact that like Czech is still gonna play, I don't. It's not worth it if they're gonna rotate. I guess. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Arsenal decides to handle that. I, I'm not really sure. Do you have any ideas, the diehard Arsenal boner supporter? No, I I actually do feel like I have a reasonable grasp on like what they're a gonna boner? do with their no 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 I don't have a grasp on a boner but I th- I think I know what they're gonna start with like the <laughs> field I feel like they're gonna do a four two three one um and I think that there's a couple questions still to be answered but like the keeper I, I have no idea I feel like some people are talking about having Leno and I'm like I you wouldn't even know if he's gonna play or Chuck's gonna play I feel so yeah I think that that's probably a fair assessment the only other player I believe unless I'm overlooking somebody in that 5.0 bracket that is like a guaranteed starter and is a player that people might be interested in would be Dubrovka uh, from Newcastle uh, a new signing over there correct as of yeah. last year last year he, yeah he last played year very well he's like not he's not a bad idea if you're gonna go in that price bracket I guess yeah the issue is their fixtures I think are really rough right yeah Newcastle's got absurd fixtures Spurs at home, then Cardiff, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, then Crystal Palace away, Leicester home, and Man United away. So Yeah, definitely uh, the worst fixtures of all the EPL teams to start. Yeah, season. it's really too bad, too, because, um, you know, I like Rafa Benitez, and it does seem like that's going to mostly fall on him. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, that's the interesting thing about goalkeepers. It's like, just because they go against, like, tougher competition doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get you like worse returns because of save points and everything yeah there's no goalkeepers though in this price bracket that i would advocate for with the exception of schmeichel if he goes to chelsea are you in agreement there i wholeheartedly agree and feel like that should transition us into defenders okay let's go into defenders then uh the defending price bracket we're looking at is five to five point five these are our mid-price defenders there's uh, quite a few defenders in this price bracket um I guess let's just start kind of from like the top scores from last year. And we've got Bellerin and Monreal are the top scores in that price bracket. Both are priced at 5.5 this year. I was actually surprised to see that Bellerin scored 0.5 points more than Monreal last year. I, I kind of had this idea in my head that Monreal, due to his little run of goal scoring, kind of in like the middle third of the year, I think he had like three or four goals in kind of quick succession, that he had been the big goal scorer. But Bellerin actually finished with two points more. Um, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about Arsenal's defense. I think on paper, we joke about that line a lot amongst our friends, but on paper, they look good. Yeah, they look like a good defense, not the best, but um, everyone makes fun of me because last year I thought their defense was going to be a lot better than what it was. Uh, not not so. I think Bellerin's like a very safe choice I think he'll probably score again in like the 120 to 130 range and that's not like terrible um they also have like a good run of fixtures Mm -hmm. so I think like having a guy like Bellerin I'm more interested in their five priced uh left back that I think is gonna play I don't think Monreal is gonna play I think uh, Kalisinak's going to play, and I like his price because he's half a mil cheaper and is going to get attacking returns as well. So, so did you not read the match updates after the game? No, what did they say after the game? Uh, so he picked up an injury. Um, 
and apparently was reported after the game. I believe it was from the mouth of the coach, but I'm not sure that Klasnak might have a little bit more of a serious injury than a knock. Oh my gosh, too too much steroids. I don't know. Yeah, he needs to lay off the upper body work in the gym, that dude, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. Great hair, too. So, Well, I guess that changes. I didn't read that. Good to know. It just so. came out like um, maybe 15 minutes before we started potting. I read it. Yeah. But I refused yeah. to tell you so that you'd embarrass yourself in front of everyone. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. Well, Idiot. Idiot. Okay, moving on. Uh, some other players in that price range. Um, Cresswell from West Ham, who has a slight knock right now. We're not exactly sure what's going on over at West Ham just due to the number of players available in that back line. Uh, so we'll kind of pop over him. But another player to talk about is is big Harry Maguire. I think they call him Shovel Face, Jimmy was telling us. Amongst oh the, <laughs> it's a great name. Or Shovel Head or something. I don't know. The the English listeners, who we apparently have a lot of. I was just looking at SoundCloud. Uh, so shout out across the pond. Is that like, like a re- redeeming nickname or no? I'm assuming I, no. No, I think he's trying to hurt his feelings. But it's funny because like Vardy looks like a little cracked up like weasel or something. I always think he looks like a weasel. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's what I would just be responding to him. Like, okay, well, you're a weasel, dude. So stop. Uh, anyways, Maguire, 5.5. Um, scored 117 points last year. Finished with 10 bonus points, which is not a lot. Leicester was kind of vulnerable in defense last year. They finished, I think, only with nine clean sheets, which is is pretty average, but I guess kind of what you'd expect from a mid-level side. I don't see the 5.5 price tag for him. No, neither of those guys, Cresswell or Maguire, I'm not interested in. I think they're both slightly overpriced. So Yeah, let's jump to a team that has a, a handful of players in this price range because we don't know exactly who the starter is. Uh, Manchester United. Uh, when you look at this team, Jake, like who do you see as the starters or the value players? You have Jones, Bailly, Shaw, Lindelof, Darmian, Rojo, a lot of players in that 5 to 5.5 range. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know for sure, but I think Smalling and Bailly are the guys that are going to start in the center, and I think Darmian and then Shaw are going to be on the outside backs. So the question is, is like, what what's Mo going to do? Is he going to rotate Jones in with Bailly? Then I don't want either of those guys. Um, and then you know Shaw's going to get replaced once Young's back, so that's kind of hard. Um People well, are like, well, but it could, I'll just interrupt you there. It could be interesting because with Valencia going down with this calf strain or tear, we don't know exactly the extent of it, but Mo did come out right away and say that Young could replace him on the right side. So there's a slight chance that Shaw would remain on the left and Young would play on the right when he comes back. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. And I was kind of going to talk about that because like, I think Darmian's the most like you have no idea who's going to start on that right back side. Mm-hmm. So like Shaw, maybe will get a run out. So I could see, I can see it. If, if you have all your other positions settled away and that's the guy you want to go with. Um, and yeah, I mean, the problem is we know that they're going to get clean sheets. It's, I, I just don't know. Like, I think we need to know more, but I, I think there's like, 
you know, always a five, five or less for a, a top six side. And let's not forget they were what number one in clean sheets for last year. Yeah. So I think there's value here. It's just, we need to know a little bit more. Yeah. Um, pretty average pod advice from us, but I completely agree. I think so next week, what we'll do is we'll do like a game week one pod and that will be uh, something that we'll be covering is like, what do team lineups actually look like from all the information that we know at that point in the week? So We'll try to get more info out to managers at that point. Yeah, I mean, you can never know for sure. I mean, you can see what who's been playing and where, but like with all these intra- injuries every like you know couple games and players coming back from World Cup, it's really difficult to be a hundred percent certain. Even even with like coach, you know, like Mo say, saying whatever he feels like, and then yeah. completely doing something different. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's jump over to Chelsea. Uh, a handful of players, same situation over there. Christensen, Cahill, Zappacosta, David Luiz, Emerson, all priced at 5.5. Basically, what official FPL was saying was we have no freaking idea where uh, these guys are playing and who's starting in which position. So we're just going to make them all about the same price. Uh, today, as you mentioned, David Luiz started uh, with Rudiger. Um, Luiz was pulled at halftime, I believe. Um, Rudiger's actually priced at 6.0, so according to official FPL, they maybe favor him to be one of the starting center backs there. I also am kind of on Luis right now. Um, we'll wait for the Community Shield this weekend for sure, but Christensen had a long World Cup. Cahill had a long World Cup, um, so it looks like he might slot into that spot. Yeah, and then I think Alonzo and Aspil are going to be your wingbacks. So I think at five and a half to get, you know, a player in the back line for Chelsea, who, again, is a top six side. They have a lot of good fixtures in the beginning, and I think he's the way to go. Um, we'll, I mean, we'll see. Like, Aspil's still probably going to get a bunch of bonus points and probably create a few assists. But Rudinger got the goal today, but I think... Uh, David Luiz will get chances, and he also takes some free kicks once in a while. So. Yeah, that's a big one, having some some heading chances and then free kick opportunities. Yeah, so I, I like him. Um, what about, I know you hate Baines. What about Coleman? Do you have any, like, with their fixtures and the fact that he's had some pretty spectacular seasons before, like, any interest in him? Yeah, I mean, if we jump to Everton, I mean, I, I like Coleman a lot. The other players on that team I'm not really interested in at all, but... You know, Coleman's one of these players who just flies forward constantly. He's so fun to watch. Really, really talented. He's had a couple pretty big FPL seasons. 13-14, he scored six goals that season. Scored 180 points. Uh, that's pretty insane. He finished or started the year priced, though, I think that year at like 6.0 or 5.5. Um, so he was, you know, you were getting your money's worth out of him. Now, he came off basically a broken leg the season before. I think it covered most of his season. He only played about a thousand minutes. Um, and, you know, I, I think he has a chance to really be resurgent this year. Yeah, I think the question is you look at that season, and it's because Everton kept 15 plus clean sheets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and that's the key. Like, can they do that again? But even if they don't, he is going to be in that range probably where he's going to be around Bellerin 130 and for five and a half mil that's not like terrible with like the good fixtures in the beginning if he can put a couple good games together I think he's someone to consider as well yeah 100 percent uh Crystal Palace has a couple players in this price range that we're looking at the two that I would 
consider would be Van Anholt and Sacco. Now, Sacco is known to be an absolute BP magnet. Uh, he's got a little BP boner, if you will. Trademark, don't take it from us. Uh, so Sacco has all these bonus points, uh, despite only playing like 1600 minutes last year. Uh, Van Anholt, uh, is another one of these outside kind of wing back players, five goals last season. Uh, they just didn't have a ton of clean sheets, but they were much more shored up when Sacco's injury, uh, healed up and he was back in that center back position with, I believe Tompkins normally pairs with him back there. Uh, do you have any interest in either of those players? Yeah, I keep rotating between the two and like keep deciding like the next day I want the other one. I I still have double Crystal Palace. I know you're going to laugh and like other people are, but their defense, you know, is I think is the next best outside the top six sides. Um, They have really good fixtures. Um, I can hear there's a tractor like driving by outside, Uh. but. People sometimes just like pull up at the stoplight right outside this place and then take motorcycles as fast as they can go down the street. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's fun though. I mean, welcome I, to Wisconsin. Yeah, but no, I I think that I have a little bit more of the edge for Crystal Palace than I do for Everton right now. I I just like that's a gut instinct, but you're gonna get more attacking returns with PVA and you're gonna get more bonus points with Sacco, but he's. 0.5 cheaper so currently i like him a little bit more to save me money somewhere else yeah i'm good on that i like those ideas uh let's talk about a couple more teams quick and then we have to move on to midfielders um liverpool i'm just going to kind of go over quickly so we've got lovren at 5.0 who's still coming back from world cup alexander arnold who returned to training today or yesterday i can't remember uh at 5.0 as well both these players guys to think about um, Klein is probably going to rotate with Alexander Arnold at some point in the season. I don't know who the first choice is. Liverpool fans are saying Arnold, but I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Man City, I think we should jump to quick. We've got an interesting situation there where we're not really sure what's going to go on in terms of formation. If it's a three center back formation, we've probably got Stones playing in there and company uh, alongside Otamendi. A lot of people are on Laporte. I, I don't know. He has a little knock right now. I'm not sure that he can compete with company and Stones for that position. I know Stones needs some break time, but uh, yeah, who knows who's going to play in that position. I think Community Shield will give us a really good idea. Um, are there any other players in this price bracket that you want to talk about, Jake? I don't. I'm not interested in like any other players. I I don't really like Burnley. Um all priced at five, I think their value goes out the window. Um, and also, we have to see again how much, how many games they're going to be playing with Europa because the squad depth is definitely an issue for them. Um, and then the rest of the five priced like defenders, I just, I don't think that there's much value because you're not going to get cleans, and especially with like where these other players. Like the, the their games, I can't even talk. Holy yeah, shit. you can't. They're... You're drinking Lacroix over there and bumping Coke, and you can't <sighs> keep your head straight. It's just too much. But no, I, I mean, like Newcastle, they have really tough fixtures, like we said. So staying away from them, um, and then like Bertrand, like no thank you. So yeah, like no thank you. Yeah, no thanks. So no, not thank even you. remotely interested. So. 
not even a little interested like if you gave me your number no way <laughs> yeah exactly that's how i feel so you're like a 13 year old girl okay yeah. uh let's jump to midfielders then we're defining mid-price midfielders as 6.5 to 8 uh there's a lot a lot of midfielders in this category now like i said before i'm normally looking for players that have super high ceilings so players that are potentially explosive sneaky players that are going to get minutes on top six sides um, and maybe that best player on a good team or on a bad team syndrome best player on a bad team syndrome so uh we'll kind of start with like the the you know stalwarts from last year and and that was grob was kind of that player this year he's listed at 7.0 which to me is outrageous it's just too bad because i feel like they've priced him right out of the game you think i think he's still like con you could consider him at seven. No, no, you can't. Why not? That's you no. Just... Here's the thing. So, so Brighton have strengthened their squad this year. They've brought in a few new players. There's other guys that are going to be getting minutes. Uh, there's other guys that are actually going to be attacking this year, unlike last year. Uh, he might not be on all the free kick duties. And I don't know, seven goals and eight assists. You think he's going to do better than that this year? I mean, it's his second year in the Premier League, and like you said, they're like making the team better, so it's yeah. like you could consider it. I just don't see it. I think if he was six and a half, everybody would have them in in his team, though. So maybe so. I wish that like FPL would play that game. Official FPL would play that game a little bit. Like, okay, if we put this guy at six point five, we're going to make him really tempting to managers because it would help create like a little bit more diversity in the team selections yeah but he's already owned by like 10 percent of teams like that's not a bad ownership and like yeah. their their schedule's tough in the beginning like there may be a point where he gets brought into sides more yeah that's a good point i didn't realize he was all the way up at 10 percent. yeah so huh. i'm not interested because i do think with the fixtures although he can score against anybody but i'm not super interested i think there's better value elsewhere okay uh let's just kind of jump through some teams again um, to get an idea. Now, Ramsey apparently picked up a little calf strain uh, already today, so that's hashtag classic. Um, but him and Mickey are the two players in Arsenal that a lot of people are interested in. I like Mickey. It's too bad their first two fixtures are kind of tough, but looks like a 4-2-3-1, like you said, and he's pro probably playing on that right side. I think there's some potential there. Yeah, I'm interested in him more than Ramsey. Um, it, if they play... Four two three one. Ramsey's going to be in that like defensive or whatever where he plays, floats up the field and scores goals. And but like you said, like Ramsey gets injured. I don't know. I just to me like Mkhitaryan's more of the sure thing, and he still has a lot of potential upside, and he's half a mil less. So that's where I would invest in in their midfield or Ozil, which I know we're not talking about. So. Yeah, he was in the last pod, Jake, so stop trying to bring that Turkish little girl back. Yeah, yeah. I'm just excited for him, so. Yeah, you most certainly are. You always get a boner to a good Turkish girl. Yeah, yeah, so. Story of your life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> God. Okay, uh, let's jump to Chelsea. We've got a couple players in that price bracket that are kind of interesting. Uh, Fabregas, Pedro, and Will I Am, correct? Yep. Yeah, Definitely. so they're all players that are like kind of interesting in that price bracket. Now, we already talked about a little bit about Will I Am. 
Fabregas is an interesting one too. It looks like he'll probably be playing in that center attacking mid. There is the potential though for rotation there, which makes him kind of challenging. Yeah, how old is he? I think he's 32, I want to say. Okay. Someone can yeah. someone can DM me his exact age. That'd be very much appreciated. Yeah, well, I mean, I agree. I think Pedro's more... I mean, he's, I guess, a little bit less likely to be rotated out, but we'll have to see. But they both actually are interesting. I think there's a lot of really good value there. Um, they also, again... Like Pedro scored a goal in preseason. He's now played up top in the 4-3-3 on the right side twice. Um, he created some good chances today against Arsenal. He took corners. I think he's a little bit more worth it than Fabregas, but we know that, you know, he can he can do some things, even though yeah. he's 32 and old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Pedro's like super, super selfish as a player. Uh, so he's a great FPL asset. Just keep an eye on Will I Am and Hazard. If one of them go, it looks like Pedro will probably be locked into that spot. Fabregas, by the way, is 31. I was a year off. So. Okay. All right. So not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a downer, but I messed that one up. Okay. On we go. Um, who else do we have here? I mean, we've got Milivojevic at 6.5. Do you have any interest in him? Uh, not at that price. Less than less than Grob. So. Yeah. I just, what, what are the chances? How many penalty kicks did did palace get last year it's like i think eight he scored yeah weren't no, they like they were like seven. second in the league weren't they second yeah, in the league was, and penalties drawn yeah it was basically zaha drew drew like you know 45 penalties so yeah. I, I was reading a little bit of a, a little paper on that about the statistics of penalties like called in a match mm-hmm. and it's very random like from year to year it's not it has very little to do with like playing style or players that are actually on your team it has a lot more to just do with like random correlation interesting so it's unlikely to happen again is what you're saying i guess that's what i'm trying to argue i mean i know zaha is kind of known to like draw fouls and dive a lot and stuff like that but um yeah this paper was arguing that penalties being called are pretty random yeah that not interested. What about the Liverpool guys, Shakiri or Kaita? I know you don't like Kaita apparently, but well, I'm just concerned that Kaita is like basically a holding midfielder, isn't he? I feel like Fabinho is going to play that spot, and he's going to be kind of like a little bit more attacking, like kind of yeah. like a Fabregas, but I guess we don't know for sure. It just depends on like I guess the way the team lines up. I guess the other thing for me is with Kaito being seven five, that feels a little much for me for like a central midfielder or a holding midfielder player. Yeah. Um, you know, when there's a lot of other winger players available. The other thing I'm concerned with with Kaita is you've got Lalana, you've got Hendo, you've got Milner, you've got Wijnaldum, uh, you've got Shakiri that could play in there, you've got Fabinho. I mean, you just have a lot of players that potentially might rotate. So a 7-5 player that's sitting in the middle of the pitch that might get rotated or pulled early, I'm less less interested. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Okay, what team you want to do next? I think Everton's got a ton of players in that price range. God, do we want to do I guess we can do Everton. I... Yeah, so there's Siggy and then Richarlison and Walcott. Um, any interested in in those players? I mean, I th- I think you could make an argument for all three, and then make a really strong argument against all three. 
Yeah, to me, the highest ceiling of any of the players is Richarlison. Uh, Sigurdsson would be my second guy. That would, He would kind of be my like steady approach if I wanted a player more like that. Uh, Walcott, I would not touch. I, you know, I know they have good fixtures, but he's just so injury prone and he's so hot and cold. Uh, I just have no idea, even if they have good fixtures, like if he's going to get on. So I, I guess I'm probably not going to touch any of them. I know that they're in kind of that sweet spot price range for a mid, mid side, uh, middle table team. Uh, but, but no for me. Yeah. I, I would. If I was to pick one, I think Richarlison would be the way to go just because of his connection with Silva from last year and the fact that he just takes a ton of shots and creates a lot of chances and takes a lot of touches in the final third. So. Yeah, I guess Sigurdsson you could argue as well for free kick, like that yes. same kind of argument, right? He's on free kicks. He's going to at least have an opportunity to produce chances, but again, just not that interested in the Everton uh, midfield right now. I'm a little nervous with the, with what they're going to produce once the season starts. Yeah, that said, terrible in yeah, season. Yeah, that said, I will keep a strong eye on them. If any of them uh, pop up as players that are producing, I am for sure going to bring somebody into my team. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about... There's really only Bernardo Silva from Man City. Any interest in him? I, I kind of like him. Um just to start like this is the guy this would be like a Travis Shaw to me where like you have to be ready to get rid of him in a drop but we need to know more and I guess we will with the community shield but I I think he could be like a reasonable differential pick for a couple games yeah I 100% agree 1500 minutes played last year six goals and five assists I mean he's a he's a very talented player he can play through the midfield he can play on the wings so he has some versatility in terms of where he can find his minutes. My concern is that that team is so deep. And even as I look at my own team, with I currently have two city midfielders in David Silva, the Anaconda, and Mahrez. And I'm concerned with even having those guys on my team. I'm, I almost feel like, and correct me if you think this is a dumb idea, but I almost think Bilva is a better pick because he costs less. So when that rotation inevitably comes you can kind of bite that bullet by having money distributed throughout the rest of your team yeah i'm not yeah man city's like so hard right now i just like I, me uh, yeah uh just like you know when ozil walks into the room for, there it is there it is uh no i agree i i've had him in my team and currently no but i don't i'm just like I don't know what to do with that team yet. I think the community shield's really going to help us, but they're going to get a lot of goals and they're going to, you know, they have easy fixtures to start. So you're going to have to have like at least two attacking players from that squad in your team. um, Unless you, you hit on everything else. I think that's something that people are kind of forgetting. So how about Lucas Mora from Spurs? That's a player that he's been pretty good in the preseason. He's probably going to get a lot of minutes with Ali coming back late, uh, Sun heading off to the Asia Games, Kane possibly coming back late. Uh, what do you think about him? He's like on my like keep a strong eye watch list on, but I I, I do like him and I think he's a good player and a little bit more likely to be consistent than like a a Bilva or even a Martial like I think he's more likely to play a lot of minutes moving forward so yeah especially so Suzuko picked up an injury 
mm-hmm. as well. So there's a lot of injuries on that team. It seems like he could actually like work his way into the squad and be like a player for them. Yeah, like as you were making fun of Kaita, that pick for me, I was like, okay, I'll just go with Mora. Like that's kind of what I was thinking. So yeah, that's fair. That's what I would do too. I know better than you, anyways. Yeah, exactly. So okay, uh, so United's like the last kind of big team. Um, we've covered some of the smaller teams, some of the bigger teams. So a lot of players in that price range: Lingard, Martial, Mata. Um, who else? I think what we should talk about West Ham. Oh, Pogba, obviously. Oh yeah, we'll yeah get, we didn't we'll, talk about Pogba. We'll get, we'll get there, all right? Okay, okay. So I guess the guys to talk about, really, obviously Pogba's coming back a little late. He had a great World Cup. You know, there's a chance that he could be freed to play further up the pitch now with the signing of Fred. Um, you know, Lingard also had a pretty decent World Cup and a decent season last year. Uh, Martial looks like he's probably on the way out. I don't really know what's happening there, Apparently, Moo hates him because he took like a week off or two weeks off because his wife had a baby. And so he was fined, I believe, $180,000 by the club, uh, which seems fair because your wife should be able to take care of her baby herself. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. God, what a ridiculous thing for the club to fine him for that. Uh, my wife is giving me the middle finger right now. Okay, um, have more closet wine. Uh, anyways. And then Mata is interesting as well, who, uh, if he gets a lot of minutes, very creative player. I, I kind of like him at 6.5. Yeah, he's he's a reasonable person to consider, um, you know, for like Man United's one goal a game. So he might get that assist. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, let's just jump to West Ham then. Who do you um, like? I think Yarmolenko would be the 7 mil I player i would go with um playing probably on the right wing and then um you know there's felipe anderson who's new as well and then uh, antonio but i think yarmolenko would be the one i'm most interested in um that being said he's you know still quite the risk first time playing in the english premier league um i think he got injured last year so he's an injury risk as well but someone to consider yeah, I'm less interested in the West Ham players just because of the fixtures. Um, Arnie is the only player that I'm kind of thinking about. Uh, there's some pretty strong talk on the FPL community about Felipe Anderson. I don't know a lot about him, but people love him. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to do a little bit more looking. But I agree. I think in the beginning of the season, maybe stay away or be a little bit more cautious because... They're not gonna do. They're not gonna score a ton of goals, and if they do, it's gonna be Arnie up top. Let's yeah, and that's that's kind of where where I'm at too. I, I think that you know, let's just. Are you ready to jump into forwards? Can we transition with that? I think there's one more guy that we should consider talking about. I think Madison for Leicester is an interesting player. Uh, like, I know you, you, you just. Well, you ruined my perfect segue into forwards. Well, you can segue after, but. He's he's playing for a squad that outside of the top six last year, Leicester had the most goals. Um, you know, they actually have a very decent run of fixtures for probably, I think, something like their first, like, 15... Yeah, their first 15 games, they play three squads uh, that were in the top six away at Man United, and then, like, you know, Arsenal. Like, so is that really, like, do we care, like... Uh, self-deprecating Arsenal fan. Self-deprecating. And then Liverpool, but he's 
you know, everything that we've heard from him is very positive. He scored a bunch of goals and assists on a Norwich team that, like, didn't do anything in championship. I mean, I know that's hard to compare, but at 6'5", like, this could be a guy like like a grob to me. Um, and I feel like there's very little ownership, um, less than 1%. And I think he's going to be someone that's actually like more nailed and they don't have to worry about a lot of other stuff. So, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a fair argument. The big thing is the minutes, right? So, so a lot of these top six sides players are like we said in the last pot are so deep. Uh, the teams are so it's just challenging to pick players that are going to play every week you know the other guy is on wolves that everyone loves is jota yeah how could see we couldn't have forgot about him god i'm sorry we just we you know the pod's running a little long i'm getting nervous but you know the people want the information so we shouldn't rush yeah i mean again hard to know but he everything you hear from him is like really positive like this is where like you get so excited i feel like we do this like we talk about the medium price players and then I'll have like four of them in my team and then I'll be like wait 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 can't do that can't do that so but he's uh, honestly if you're gonna look for like a long-term like person that I that's gonna hit it big I think Jota and Madison's actually more the way to go um where all the other guys that we talked about they're they're gonna get rotated a lot because they're playing on top six sides and like you're going to have to be prepared to get them out of your squad sooner rather than later. And these are other players to consider moving them to. Yeah, I completely agree. I, you know, I, I need to find one player like this that's in this kind of like 6.57 range that I expect to be. And it needs to be a player that's really on not a top six side that I know is going to play week in and week out that has the potential to be a really strong player for me. Yeah, I, ta- I completely agree. You got to take a gamble. Right with one at least one of these spots, you need to take a gamble. Yeah, and you don't have to take the gamble week one, but maybe like after two weeks, you can consider like based on where they're playing and the chances that they've created. Like, yeah, I'll go with that guy. So yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, okay, can we jump to forwards? Yeah, we can go to forwards. All right, so forwards are going to be seven to eight point five in this mid price range. Um, there's not actually a ton of guys in this range. There's a few that we just want to hit, and uh, the first two, I think, are just Arnie and Zaha. Um, Arnie over at West Ham has been crazy on fire for them in preseason. Uh, He's playing as kind of like a central forward, so he sees a lot of the ball. He's pacey, he's strong, he's getting in behind defenses, he's turning defenders. The highlights have been pretty impressive. So my question for you is, Jake, does the preseason form matter? Uh, I think you take it a little bit in stride, but I I think when it's consistently happening game in and game out, that at least should be reassuring to you. Um, so he's someone that he's on my team right now, and barring an injury, he's staying on my side to game week one. Yeah, I actually have him in the team as well. I, I was going to avoid him due to his fixtures, but... He's just been really strong. And then when I read this stat, listen to this. Uh, Arnie finished the season uh, averaging from, from game week 20 to game week 38. He averaged 6.7 points per game, which was higher than both Kane and Aguero. Uh, so that's in 18 game weeks. That's not like it's a small sample size. Uh, the guy can score goals. The team loves to run through him. 
Uh, he's like I said, he's powerful. He, I just like in the highlights. I love watching him the way he turns defenders. He's got a chip on his shoulder as well. Really plays hard. Yeah, he passes the eye test, and he's a guy that doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter like who they play. Like from last year, it didn't seem to matter. He'd score goals against anyone, and there's very few players that you can say that about. Um, and also, you have to believe that with like all the new additions, you know, Jack, you know, as the cam, like just loads of chances waiting to be had. So. Yeah, it's probably going to be Felipe Anderson now in that cam spot, and Jack pushed back, but we'll see how that. Turns who's gonna out. Who's gonna play out wide left then? I don't know yet, but it sounds like that's where they want to play Felipe Anderson. But yeah, he could. Felipe Anderson also could slide. Well, away. I'd prefer him there instead of Jack to be completely. Yeah, you don't you don't know okay uh zaha's the other player um lots of transfer rumors around zaha right now spurs chelsea um i think there's one other team in contention as well uh but he also has been very strong in the preseason mostly playing out wide though with sorloth playing that like central striker role Still a player I'm keeping my eye on. They have great fixtures. Uh, Zaha preys on on teams that are not as good defensively. Um, he loves to like use his pace to get in behind. So I don't know, player to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, I like him a little bit more than I feel like people. Well, the I guess the common people do like him a lot. Yeah. How about thirty two percent ownership? Yeah. So I agree with that. Um, just because of the fixtures. Um. You, you make a fair point when we've talked off the pod that it's like he's not even going to play up top, it looks like. But I don't know who else to go with in this, like, price region anymore. Like, Tosin was my other guy, and he's just – Everton's been so disappointing. I brought Zaha back in, and I just still have yet to, like, be able to justify an 11 mil forward. Um, and like you can argue like Obama man like oh yeah but he's playing in the same position that that like Zaha would be playing in yeah so like to me like that's crazy you're gonna spend four mil more for a player that's pay- playing in the same position and like we know Zaha can do this um, so that's I, I am considering starting with him and then maybe moving up to like a nine point five. Lacazette or Firmino later in the season. I've seen a few team iterations that have Arnie and Zaha in the team together. Yeah, it's, I think that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm quite interested in that, actually, to save me some money. Um, although I don't know how exactly I'd make it work, but it's kind of an interesting idea. Um, other players in this price bracket, I mean, there's there's not a lot, actually, because it's 78.5, so Giroud is there. Um, who is going to probably be rested to start the season. We don't even know if he'll be first choice, um, but kind of a player to keep an eye on. He tends to score in bunches for for Chelsea uh, and, and Arsenal before that. Um, anybody else in that price range? Did we talk about Morata and Vardy last time? We did, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. No, I I mean, Tosin, like the, the stats from last year are there. Like, he should be good, and like their team got better, so... Do you take the risk for a player like that because his fixtures are better? You could. Um, But, yeah, if you, like, care anything about the preseason, it's just like, oh, my gosh, they're so bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's about it then for players. I'm sure we missed some people. There's a lot of guys in this price range to cover. We tried to kind of hit the big ones. 
Uh, really fast, I'm going to fire off some FPL tidbits because I was reminded that I forgot to do it last pod. Uh, Arsenal won, Chelsea won. Uh, Rudiger and Laka both had goals. Uh, Murata missed a penalty saved by Czech and Ramsey with a calf injury. Hashtag classic. Uh, Leicester won. Uh, who did they play? Who did Leicester one play? God, I didn't even know they played today yeah. until you said that. I forgot. So. Uh, Leicester tied 1-1. Um, Nacho, Nacho, or, um, yeah, Nacho scored. Madison assist. Um, what else do we have? Oh, Fulham did sign Mitrovic, uh, which was kind of like in the, the wings there. We were waiting for that to happen. Uh, and the Mawson medical apparently is coming in on Tuesday. Um, and Mahrez also okay. He had picked up a little injury. Um, but it looks like he's going to be all right to play potentially in the community shield this weekend so just keep an eye out for that that's all i've got jake you have anything to add yeah the only thing is you know Murata missed the pk which is a downer but he he had a lot of chances he's an interesting priced forward to start this season so okay well on that note now that jake got what's the most important thing in into the pod keep an eye on it yeah that's i'm just you know, he's, like you said, Drew's out. They're going to have to play someone in that center forward role. He's a good option. So, All right, good. Okay, uh, follow us on Twitter, at FPL Dive. Instagram, The Art of the Dive. I just posted a super sexy picture of me and Jake at the wedding. Uh, Jake's actually just super drunk, which is hilarious. Uh, online, we've got some articles on our website, theartofthedive.wordpress.com. We've actually had quite a bit of traffic there lately, people checking out the pod. Uh, so do that. I uh, forgot to say this in the last pod, but join our mini league. We've got, I think, 30 or 40 people in it now. Decent little little league. We're calling it League Dive, but we spell league like the French people do because we're classy. Uh, the code for the league is 127-487-188-629. Say it one more time. 127-487-188-629. 188629. Join that. Uh, and then make sure to download our pod and subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. If you subscribe, then you get to hear uh, Jake's raspy voice and my beautiful, sexy voice whenever you want. You can hear Jake sniffle through the entire pod. Uh, yeah, too much coke. Too much coke. Yeah, lay off. I think I'm going to leave our group because you're spelling it the French way, actually. Just That's not a good that. reason to leave it. It's That makes us classy. Uh, yeah all right well it's gonna be like psg beating up on everybody it's gonna be me and you beating up on everybody in the pod let's so. go everyone else let's sucks go. let's go thanks for listening to the art of the dive i'm marco and i'm jay and don't forget dive. that was the worst ending of the pod you've ever done <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad uh, okay uh, let's stop recording. Uh, three. Wait, 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 wait! I gotta get to it. Oh my god. Okay, okay. Three, two, one, stop. Uh, you've been snorting a lot of coke over there. You got the sniffles, huh? I do, and it's like really hot, so it's like just running. Yeah. Well, you're in LA. You got to do coke the second you get off the plane, right? <laughs> yeah. Just like as soon as I got off, I just was yeah. like, "Give me a bump." It's like L.A. Customs, right? Like the customs yeah. agency is just like, all right, here's your customary bump. 
Yeah, really nice. So there was a lady with a chihuahua right next to me. She's like, move out of the way. I'm going to take a bump, too. I was like, let's do one together. That's every woman in L.A., isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just picked the chihuahuas because there was a bunch of... This one lady at the airport, like, she had, like, Yorkies. And, like, they were on those leads where, like, they just can go as far as they want to, basically. And the dogs are literally, like, running through my legs and wrapping themselves around. And I just kind of wanted to kick it. Like, cause I was like, lady. that's the, that's the vet in you. Right <laughs> I was there. like, what are you doing? One, you shouldn't even have these dogs in here. Like two, get them on like a normal, like collar and leash. And then three, like watch what you're doing. But whatever. Should have kicked the dog. I didn't kick the dog. No, I yeah, should have kicked probably, the lady. That's, that's what better. I yeah. That's better. Take her bump and go. 